Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. And now discussing chapter 2, Sankhya Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. We've seen in the first few verses that Arjuna continued his argument, or at least he declared that I will not fight. Even though Krishna told him that where does this weakness of heart come upon you? This is not fitting your own personality, your lineage, your family. And therefore, get up and do your duty. Fight the war. Arjuna still said that I would rather not fight this battle because this sorrow which is burning my senses, I don't think even the domain of the three worlds will eliminate this sorrow. I don't know what to do. I am your sisya. You tell me because I do not understand what my duty is today, right now, but I am your sisya. I'm surrendering to you. You tell me what is Shreyas for me, what is good for me. As we have seen last time, Shreyas is something always good for you, even though it may not be pleasant. And once you tell me what to do, I will follow that, because I'm surrendering to you. So Krishna responds to his request. So as we have seen in previous discussions, that Bhagavad Gita divided in three parts, the first part will discuss who we are and how we function. So we have one paradigm right now which makes us do everything that we do in our life. That paradigm is that I am this body, this mind, this intellect, this limited being is me and the world is something completely other than me. I am mortal being. I was born at time T1 and I'll die at time T2. Both are hypothetical events in my life because I have no experience of my birth. And I do not know what death is like right now. So that's our paradigm. I'm an island by myself. I have a limited shelf life. That's our paradigm right now. So Bhagwan, coming out of the gate, changes that paradigm for Arjun and for us. That paradigm regulates all our actions our thinking, our relationships, how we behave in the society, that paradigm, if it is changed, then we may be viewing this world completely differently. So verse 11 through 30 completely changes that paradigm for any student of Bhagavad Gita who has never heard this before. Arjun looked at the situation from the standard paradigm he operated before. These are my relatives. Bhishma is my grandsire, my grandfather. Drona is my teacher. And how can I kill them? How can I fight with them? Where obviously death is almost guaranteed for one party or the other. So this paradigm was driving his mental condition to a point where he has completely plunged into this ocean of sorrow. Where he can't come out. He cannot function. So he's completely dysfunctional because of this operation of his own internal mechanism 
of what's happening in his life. So it is something like if your son who is a high school student comes to you and said, I have this problem with mathematics in this equation, you probably can help him out and he can go back and continue functioning. When he comes to you and says, mom or dad, I'm quitting school. I'm dropping out of school because mathematics is compulsory. There's no way that I can deal with this mathematics. Well, at that point, you can't really give him just a simple guidance. You realize that this overwhelming from him because he's not understanding what mathematics is all about. He has never really prepared himself to deal with it. So you say, well, we have to complete, clean up your fundamentals. You start with the fundamentals, how this mathematics works, how the fractions work, and then make you understand the fundamentals of mathematics. Then maybe you will be able to build upon that knowledge. So Krishna starts with basic fundamental statement, which changes the paradigm for Arjuna. So the first thing he says is, Asochyanu anvasochahatvam pragna vadan chabhasase. You are grieving over those not supposed to be grieved over. You are grieving over things, you are worrying about things which are not supposed to be worried about. There are certain things that are guaranteed and you should not be worried about that. You don't get upset because sun is setting because you absolutely know it's going to rise tomorrow. Those things are guaranteed. In nature, we know the cycle, and when we see something occurring, it is part of the nature, we don't really get upset. So here, Bhagavan says that you are worrying about things which are not worth worrying about, because they are natural. Pragna vadan subhasa You are speaking the words of wisdom. He is obviously referring to all his discourse in last chapter about the effect of war on the society. It was a very intellectual analysis of the effect of war on a society. But you can only do that if you know how the society functions. You are worried about the family unit being destroyed, but you don't know how family unit functions. Family units can only be functioning if the family unit is protected. Family unit can only be protected if there is law and order in the society. If no crime is punished in the society, there wouldn't be any family units left. So therefore, when you speak about the effect of this war on the society, you should also understand first how a society functions. You are worrying about things which are not to be worried about. Therefore, it shows that you are not fundamentally clear about how things work. And still, you speak like a pandit. But it is a real pandit. Gatasun agatasun chaha na anusochanti panditaha. Those who are gone, gatasun agatasun, those who are not gone yet, they are here. Living me. People who are here and people who are gone, Panditaha, knowledgeable people, they will not be worried about, they will not grieve over people who are gone or they will not be worried about people who are here. That's the mark of a pandit. When we first hear this, we kind of wonder why Bhagwan is saying that. 
you should not be grieving over anybody they are living well it does not mean that you will not have an emotional reaction to an happening in your life or happening around you it but natural that something which you are not expected happens which is unconditional said you will have emotional reaction to it that is natural acceptable but if that reaction makes you completely dysfunctional then that's an inappropriate reaction to that happening here arjun is completely dysfunctional he just cannot function as he was supposed to be functioning as a general of an army as a kshatriya as the part of the pandava family people who expected certain things from him and now because of this grief he is completely dysfunctional that's what bhagwan is talking about things which are not in your control you shouldn't be worried about why fall comes after summer is not your lookout you don't need to change that you don't have to pass laws to say well let's change this order you know that's not something you should be worried about you should be worried about how we react when fall comes and therefore he said that you're talking like a pandit so we do all the time we quote things without really understanding the context you know people do quote bhagavad gita without understanding the whole context of that particular verse so swami ji explains here that he is seeing this world from a perspective of a limited ego a limited being who is so attached to his own limitedness and then relationships created by their limitedness so we have divided this world as limited being the world which is conducive and the one which is not conducive we rejoice the world which is conducive and we grieve over the world which is not conducive so arjun is right overwhelmed by that and therefore bhagwan said that let me explain to you how you should be looking at this situation bhagwan says why we should not be worried about the reason is natu eva aham na asam natvam na ime janadipaha there was never a time when i was not there you were not there and this kings who are here it was never a time when they were not there na asam non existent it will never be time where you will be non existent so here is our classic conundrum did i exist before my birth and will i exist after my death my normal observation says i will not the people who have died they are not here my father died he is no longer here my great 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 grandchildren who are born yet they are non existent so non existent is very real phenomenon for us existence we experience non existence we are not experience none of us have any experience of non existence in spite of that we take it for granted that i was non existent before my birth and i'll be non existent after my death but we ask anybody do you have any experience of being not existing and the answer is no i have no idea you can ask anybody do you have any experience about your birth the answer is no nobody can tell us what was the experience of his or own her own birth 
you can say at that time obviously i remember my mother was screaming and nurses were running around and none of us can do that i can do that for other people but but not my own same way i've seen other people dying but i will not know what it will be for me so these are two hypothetical events we consider my existence is limited between two hypothetical events so bhagwan coming out of the gate says there is never a case there never a time you are non existent neither you nor i nor all these kings will never be non existent they will always be existing nacha evana bhavishyamaha it will never be in the future that they will be non existent existence is permanent first paradigm shift for us we consider ourselves to be mortal beings but one is saying you are immortal beings so that creates lot of confusion in our mind what does that mean so bhagwan continues and says dehino asmin yatha dehe kaumaram yavanam jara tatha dehantar prapti bihi dirah tatra namuhyati so first he say there's nothing to be worried about who will get killed and who will be killing because existence is permanent for you i and all this being you will not be able to erase existence even if you kill them they will be existing it's like the conservation of energy the total energy in this universe as scientists tell us is constant it only changes the form heat energy become light energy and light energy become something else but the total amount of energy remains constant so the existence remain existence all throughout past present and future but manifestation of existence will continue to change so this table is a table now it was wood before that wood was a part of a tree before that form of existence is continue to change but existence remain existence so giving example of her own life that something which i can relate to that i was a young boy i was a child first then a young man and i'm now an old man but something never change within me that feeling i never change when i got up in the morning as a teenager and the feeling i was exactly the same as when i was a young man the same feeling i have today as an old man everything else changes but that feeling i never changes when i think about myself i think i never change my body changed my education changed my thinking changed but i remain what i am dehino asmin yatha dehe kaumaram yavanam jara just you change your existence as a child as a young man and an old man tatha dehantara prapti bihi the changing of this body is similar to these changes which you have experienced you do not have any experience about when this body will not be there the death will be 
the non-existence for this body. He says, Deh Antara, the indication here that you will be changing this body for another body. So Swamiji points out here, this is the first indication in Bhagavad Gita about reincarnation. And obviously, we by osmosis have learnt about reincarnation, we don't really question it. But how many of us really believe in it is a real question. And if you really ask yourself, we really have no real faith in reincarnation. Because if I have any faith in it, I'll be behaving in this life very differently. I behave in this life as if there is no life after this. If my behavior in this class is only limited to this, if I think this is my only existence, 10 o'clock when I come and 11.30 class, that's my entire life, my behavior will be completely different. But I know that life exists outside this class. There are things I have done before 10 o'clock and I'll be doing after 11.30. My behavior in this class is governed by the life which I have developed outside of this class. We live this life as if there is no life before and after this. Therefore, we really do not have much faith in that reincarnation theory. So Bhagavan here comes back and says that there will be existence for you and there will be a vehicle for you to exist after this life, which will not be much different than you existed in the body of a child, then a body of a young man, and now you are surviving the body of an old man. You did not change within yourself. But the changes did occur in the equipment which you are using to function. This body is a counter. My limitations where the world starts and I end is at my skin. That's where I consider I end and the world starts. Everything beyond my skin is the world. Everything within my skin is me. That limiting myself to my body. This body which I cannot consider to be permanent or constant. I have seen it growing and I am seeing it decaying. But I still consider I to be constant. But once it this will be exactly the same situation when you move out of this body and take another body. Tatha dehantara prapti. It will be exactly the same as the other three stages we have discussed. Tatra dhiraha na muhyati. One whose intellect is steady. Dhiraha. Steady in a sense. One who knows reality, his intellect is steady. No matter how much you convince me that it is night outside, I will not be convinced. I will not get deluded. That it's night outside. I know it's day outside. You cannot confuse me. That's the dhira. Intellect is steady about the reality. He does not get confused by this self moving out of this body, going into another body. Nothing really changed other than a change the equipment. That's basically the indication here. The first indication of this is not the only life. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukh
सुख भाग भवे ओम शांति 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 हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम